Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahillahi rabbil alamin wassalatu wassalamu ala asyrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Allahumma anfa'na bima 'allamtana wa 'allimna ma yanfa'una warzuqna 'ilman tanfa'una bih. Amin ya rabbil alamin. Alhamdulillah thumma alhamdulillah. Firstly Ramadan mubarak to all of uh, our viewers out there. Alhamdulillah we thank and we praise Allah azza wa jalla. Uh, for allowing us to reach this blessed month once again and we ask him that we uh, make the most of this month and that he forgives our sins and accepts our good deeds amen rabbil alamin alhamdulillah um, our cause for this month bi'idhnillah will be about the prophetic morning and evening adhkar uh, which the rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of course taught us uh, in a number of ahadith um, to be reciting on a daily basis uh, every single morning and every single evening Um, insha'Allah ta'ala. So in our first lesson tonight, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, we will be looking at the importance uh, of the of this daily adhkar. We'll look at the timing and when exactly the, the, this adhkar should be performed. And then we will look at the method that one should follow um, when when performing these, these daily adhkar, insha'Allah ta'ala. So First and foremost, we look at the importance and benefits. And we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentioned the morning and the evening in a number of various ayat. Firstly, in Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu dhkurullaha dhikran kathira wa sabbihuhu bukratan wa asila. O believers, always remember Allah often and glorify him. Morning and evening, bukratan wa asila, morning and evening. And in another ayah, in Surah Qaf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ الْغُرُوبِ And glorify the praises of your Lord before sunrise and before sunset. And in the third ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ And glorify the praises of your Lord morning and evening. So what we find is that in the above ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He directly instructs us to remember Him and to praise Him and to glorify Him in the morning and the evening. And this is sufficient as an evidence for us that there must be some something very important about this time of the day, about these blessed times, the morning and the evening adhkar. And then we will find that within the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in many ahadith, he explains to us that every morning we should say this, and in the, in the evening we should say that, and so forth. So without a doubt, the sharia, which is the Quran and the sunnah, have emphasized the importance of the morning and the evening adhkar. Um, and without a doubt, prophetic adhkar is the best of adhkar. There is no supplications, there's no dhikr that can compare to the dhikr of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the dhikr that he specifically taught us. So these are all adhkar supplications and du'as that our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam specifically taught us to be reciting every morning and every evening. So therefore this is without a doubt the best of adhkar and it takes preference over any general type of, of dhikr. All dhikr is good, but the dhikr that comes specifically from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is the best of dhikr. 
This is the, the best of dhikr. In a hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that Allah, he commands you to remember him. He commands you to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. For indeed, the parable of that is a man whose enemy quickly tracks him. He, 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 he hunts him down until he reaches an impermeable fortress, a fortress that's unbreakable, in which he protects himself from these enemies. And then he said, this is how the worshipper is. He does not protect himself from the shaitan except by the remembrance of Allah. That the best way that we can possibly protect ourselves from the shaitan and from the devils that are out there is by the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So without this hadith then proves to us that of the best ways to protect yourself is, is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this hadith speaks about dhikr in a general sense. It doesn't mention anything specific. However, it's well known that if something is specifically from the Quran or the Sunnah, then it takes preference over that which is general or that which is unrestricted. And we find many statements of the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah where they have explained the importance and the virtue of these adhkar. For example, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, rahimahullah, he said that the morning and evening adhkar are a stronger fortress than the wall of Ya'juj and Ma'juj for the one who says it while his heart is present. That this, these adhkar, that when you say them, it's as if there's a, a fortress that's placed around the person that is more powerful, that is stronger than the, the fortress of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. That have been, they've been chopping away at this fortress for centuries, and yet they haven't broken through. So this is one of the statements of the scholars. Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah also mentioned that it's not inaccurate to say that from the reasons why so many people are afflicted by jinn these days include them being neglectful of saying the legislated adhkar at the legislated times. Subhanallah. And this is uh, of these examples. The morning and evening is from the specific times that we should be saying adhkar. Specifically legislated times for us to be saying adhkar. So this is one of the ways to protect ourselves, as we said, the best of ways to protect ourselves. And one of the reasons why so many people are afflicted with various afflictions, not just by jinn, is because they do not utter the legislated adhkar that's supposed to be done at legislated times. There's another statement that's quite popular, which says that the morning and evening adhkar play the role of a shield. The thicker it is, the more its owner will not be affected. Rather, its strength can reach to such an extent that the arrow shot at it will bounce back to affect the one who shot it. And this is attributed to Imam Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah. However, I, I, I am still unable to find the reference for this. Although, there's two reasons for mentioning this. Number one, to show that it perhaps is not the statement of Ibn al-Qayyim, and yet it's widespread on the internet. And number two, the statement in and of itself is true in terms of its meaning. That without a doubt it plays the role of a shield. And the thicker it is, the more the, the, the person will not be afflicted or affected by any harm. Rather, if someone tries to harm you, it may even bounce back onto them, subhanAllah. So, for the Muslim to start his day and night with these adhkar, without a doubt he is starting it in the best way possible. And that is in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
That is with the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the mercy of Allah and upon the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From the descriptions that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself gave for some of these adhkar are, number one, he said, it will suffice you in all respects. There's a certain dhikr and we're going to get to these adhkar in the following weeks insha'Allah ta'ala that if you say this in the morning and in the evening, it will suffice you in all respects. This means it, it in all respects, I mean, this is general, meaning it includes everything. It includes protection. It includes fulfilling your needs and your concerns. Protection against black magic, jinn, evil eye, hasad, envy, and so forth. So many things. He said, whoever recites this particular dhikr in the morning with firm faith in it, and he dies on the same day before the evening, he will be from the people of Jannah. And the same is for the one who reads it at night. This is a promise from who? As-Sadiqul Masduq, the truthful one, the one who's believed, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There are certain of them, the narrators would say, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never failed to utter these supplications in the evening and the morning. Never ever. It was a part of his daily routine. He never missed them. It was a part of his daily, daily routine. For another dhikr, he said, the one who says it, he will not suffer sudden affliction until the morning. And if anyone says it in the morning, he will not suffer sudden affliction until the evening. And like this, we find there are so many examples of this, subhanAllah. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will suffice him anything that concerns, concerns him from the matters of this world and the next. These are, are not made up benefits. These are not made up rewards that any particular scholar came with and, and said that he perhaps found and, and, and gave an example of. No, these are words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whoever says this particular dhikr three times when he reaches the evening, no poisonous sting shall harm him that night. And another one mentions, no one will come with anything better than it on the day of Qiyamah, except the one who has done the same as him or increased upon it. Subhanallah. So these are some of the examples which we have and of which there are many more. And we're going to go through them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to make it easy for us, that he spares us and, he, and that he allows us to be fruitful for one and all. And the one who understands these adhkar and studies them properly, he will find that it's not just restricted to protection, but rather in it there are so many other benefits and reminders. That when we recite these various adhkar, it's not just about protection. There's a number of different benefits. Number one, whenever we start our mornings like this, we wake up in the morning, we pray our fajr, and we start our day with these adhkar. Or when we start the evening with these adhkar, it's a reminder for the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he's always in need of Allah. And so he turns to him and he remembers him in this beautiful way. With the remembrance of the Prophet وسلم, seeking Allah's protection, seeking Allah's guidance, seeking Allah's shifa, seeking Allah's blessings. So it's a reminder that we are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all times. That He is our protector and there is no protect protector but Him. Also, within it there is a mention of Allah's beautiful names and lofty attributes. His asma and His, his sifat. Which serve as a reminder 
for the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the beauty of Allah. So every time we recite this about Allah, we are praising Him and we are reciting certain adhkar that describes who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, that mentions His beautiful names. And there is no better reminder than the reminder of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who Allah is. This is the best of reminders. So every morning, every evening, we utter these words and we remind ourselves of who our Rabb is, who he truly is, what is he like, what are his attributes, and so forth. It's also a reminder of Tawheed, that every single dhikr is a dhikr of Tawheed. It reminds us of the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that our duty, the reason we've been created, is nothing but to worship our Maker, is to worship our Rabb. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He deserves our worship. He deserves our trust and reliance because all harm and benefit are in his hands alone. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, within these adhkar and du'as, they are valuable things that we are asking and, and, and seeking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like protection and, and, and shifa, and protection of our health and our wealth our deen, our religion, and our family, as well as against the shayateen. And many other benefits that we will go through bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. A dua for jannah, dua for protection from the adhab al-qabr, and from the fire of jahannam. Valuable duas that we, we start our day with. And another benefit is that some of these adhkar have great specific rewards and benefits Mentioned for the one who performs them, just like we mentioned shortly. We just mentioned previously that some of these adhkar has specific benefits that the Prophet ﷺ promised. Whoever says this, he will get that. Whoever says this, his needs will be sufficed, and so forth. And even those adhkar which have no benefits mentioned, it doesn't mean that they are, are, are any less of in terms of their value or any lower in terms of their value. Rather, every single prophetic dhikr is better than a general dhikr, as we said. It's وَخَيْرُ الْهَدِي هَدِي مُحَمَّدْ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ That the best of guidance is the guidance of Muhammad صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ So even if there's no specific virtue mentioned, we know that it's still a prophetic dhikr and it still carries the best of rewards and the best of, of, of favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lastly, and very importantly, those who uphold these adhkar daily, they will be from those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala much. They will be from those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala much. And this comes in a verse of the Quran. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ أَعَدَّ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةً وَأَجْرًا عَظِيمًا Allah, he mentions the men and the women who remember Allah often. Who remember Allah kathiran. They remember Allah much. And then Allah mentions their reward. Allah says that for all of them, these special men and women, for all of them, Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. So on this verse, yani the question should be for a Muslim, a true believer should read these ayat and think, how do I become of those who remember Allah much? How do I become of those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala much? As Allah mentions over here in Surah Al-Ahzab. Ya Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, the great Sahabi, 
He explains this ayah and he says, and he explains who these people are. He says it refers to those who remember Allah after the prayers, after salah. In the morning and the evening, in their beds, يعني, before they sleep, whenever they wake up from sleep, and whenever they leave or enter their homes, they remember Allah. So what we are learning here is that it's not necessarily referring to a person who is constantly in a state of dhikr, which for many of us is, is, is perhaps difficult. But rather, Abdullah ibn Abbas is saying it refers to those people who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with their prophetic dhikrs in their legislated times. Like after salah, we have certain things that the Prophet sallallahu taught us to say. Like every morning and every evening, which we are learning today, walhamdulillah. Like before we sleep, like when we wake up from sleep and when we leave our homes and enter our homes, there are specific adhkar and supplications which the Prophet sallallahu taught us to say. So this is what Abdullah ibn Abbas is saying, that if we were just to implement this, then we will be from these people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to by saying that they are those who remember Allah much, these men and women. And for them, Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. Subhanallah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from them. Imam ibn Salah, rahimahullah, he was also asked about the amount one needs to fulfill to be considered to be of those who remember Allah much. And he said, whoever maintains the established and transmitted adhkar in the morning and evening, which is what this course is all about, alhamdulillah, and in the various times and circumstances during the night and day, he will be considered of those who remember Allah much. It's all about doing the prophetic adhkar, whether it's the morning, the evening, after, after, uh, before we sleep, and throughout the day, the various adhkar that Rasulullah sallallahu taught us, by implementing those adhkar, this is how we become of those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised as those who remember him much. So this is uh, the first part of our lesson, which is about the importance and the benefits of these adhkar. And as we can see, this, there, is, there are plenty of benefits of these adhkar. We've touched on some of them, and we've seen what the scholars had to say about them, and what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to say about them, and of course what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, how he encouraged us to uh, fulfill these adhkar every morning and every evening, alhamdulillah. Secondly, we move on to the timing of these adhkar. When are we supposed to be reciting them? Um, and what is the correct time for the morning and what is the correct time for the evening? The correct time for the morning adhkar starts after Salatul Fajr. Starts after Salatul Fajr. And it lasts until sunrise. This is the legislated time for the morning adhkar. And this is when it should be performed. As for the evening adhkar, it starts after Salatul Asr and it lasts until sunset. So this is the legislated time for the evening adhkar. It's from after Asr until Maghrib, or until the sun has set. The evidence for this. Firstly, we look at the hadith where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that I sit in the company of the people who remember Allah azza wa jal from morning prayer, Fajr, until the sun rises, is dearer to me than that I emancipate four slaves from the children of Ismail. So here he specifically mentions that best time for dhikr in the morning is when? From after Fajr Salah until the sun rises. And that I sit with the people who remember Allah much 
Oh, remember Allah from the afternoon prayer. Specifically, the hadith said, Salatul Asr. Until the sun sets, is dearer to me than, than that I emancipate four slaves. So this hadith here clearly mentions the dearest times for the Prophet ﷺ for dhikr is in the morning and the evening is when? After Fajr until sunrise and after Asr until um, sunset. Then Ibn al-Qayyim explains that the ayah where Allah ta'ala said in Surah Qaf وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ الْغُرُوبِ And glorify the praises of your Lord before sunrise and before sunset. This is what he, yeah, he says. This is the interpretation of what is mentioned in the ahadith. Whoever says such and such in the morning and such and such in the evening. This ayah is explaining to us when that is. What does the ayah say? Before sunrise and before sunset. So it's not after maghrib, it's before maghrib. Um, so he says what is meant by this is before sunrise and before sunset. The time for that is between Fajr and between Asr and Maghrib. Another further evidence is in another ayah where Allah says, وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ And glorify the praises of your Lord morning and evening. Ibkar, he says, means the first part of the day. And Ashi means the latter part of the day. Remember Maghrib, by the time Maghrib comes in, we have now entered into the night. These are evening adhkards before the night time comes. Hence, it should be after Asr and before Maghrib. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. If a person forgets to do these adhkar in the morning or in the evening, can he still do them after this time has passed? The scholars have mentioned that if the person forgets or he becomes busy and he was unable to fulfill them, then he should do the morning adhkar even if it's after sunrise up until the noon, the time of noon. Because once noon has gone, the morning is completely gone. And now we're going to afternoon. And likewise, the evening adhkar, he should do them even if he misses the appropriate time slot up until midnight. Once midnight comes, then the time has gone for this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately knows best. However, a person should not purposefully delay these adhkar. Yani try your best to fulfill them in the appropriate times. This is what the person should do. Uh, and here, Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah, he actually mentions that these legislated adhkar, which comes from the Prophet wasallam, the best is to fulfill them in the appropriate times. And he says this is even better than Qira'atul Qur'an. This is even better than reciting Quran. And the reason why he says this is because reciting Quran is something that is general, meaning it's unrestricted in terms of its time. A person can recite Quran anytime during the day. But the morning and evening adhkar, they are specific to their time slots. Yani for the morning, this is the specific time. And for the evening, this is the specific time. So therefore, to fulfill these adhkar during the appropriate times is even better than doing something which is a general time يعني, or something that is not restricted to any other time like reciting Quran. So this is what the Sheikh has said and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Now we move on to the method. So just to recap, we said the morning adhkar starts after Fajr until sunrise 
and the evening starts after Asr until the sun sets or up until Maghrib. If a person forgets to do them, they should still make sure that they fulfill these adhkar because of their value and that one does not want to miss out on their rewards uh, and so forth. Regarding the method, firstly, recitation only counts as a recitation when it is done by moving one's tongue. Reciting with one's mind is not considered a recitation. And this is something very important to understand. That when we recite something, whether it's Quran, whether it's in Salah, uh, whether it's the daily adhkar, recitation is something that is done on the tongue, first and foremost. It has to be uttered. One cannot purse their lips, seal their mouths, and recite in their mind, because this is not considered a recitation. So firstly, we need to recite the adhkar. Secondly, try to recite the adhkar in Arabic. Try to recite them in Arabic because this is how they have been revealed. If this is not possible, then try to use the transliteration that have been provided. And if that too is not possible, then use the translation. But of course, the translation is never the same as the Arabic. So try your best to recite it in Arabic. If not, if not possible, then move on to reciting it in using the transliteration because that will be closer to the Arabic. And if this is also impossible, then at least recite the English uh, translation and we hope that it will um, count bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Um, Insha'Allah, as we go through the adhkar in the following weeks, we will go through the correct method of recitation exactly how they should be recited, um, insha'Allah ta'ala. Thirdly, along with the recitation, focusing and reflecting on the meanings of what is recited is of utmost importance. And this is the most important point. When we speak about the method, nothing is more important than this. Because dhikr, as Ibn Qayyim he mentions, dhikr is of three types. We can categorize the, the way people make dhikr into three types, into three categories. Number one is in the heart and on the tongue, which is the best of dhikr. Meaning they are making dhikr with their tongue, they are reciting the, the various adhkar, but at the same time their heart is present and they are focused on what they are saying. They are paying attention to what they are saying. They are not just paying lip service. They are not just reciting anything or just verbally uttering off the adhkar. Secondly, in the heart only sometimes, which is the second level. And this happens at times you just sit and you reflect, for example. You, you reflect over Allah who subhanahu wa ta'ala is. This is dhikr of the heart. You reflect over a certain ayah. You sit and you, you ponder and you reflect. This is dhikr of the heart, which is powerful and impactful. And thirdly, we have that which is done on the tongue sometimes, which is the third level. Tayyip. This is the third meaning. The person is just uttering adhkar on his tongue. Whether it's Quran, whether it's various adhkar, the point is he's only um, reciting on his tongue. Tayyip. Um, and of course, the best of dhikr is that which both the heart and tongue are focused. Yani there's a combination. Number one, the person is reciting what, he, what he's supposed to be reciting. And number two, he is also paying attention because that is where the real benefit comes from. And the same with Salah, the same with Quran, the same with any dhikr. The real benefit comes when we pay attention to what we are saying, when we focus on what we are saying. 
when we try to understand what we are saying. This is the only way that we will truly reap the benefits of our adhkar, of our dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of our salah, of our Qur'an, and so forth. And this is why the Qur'an was in fact revealed. ayati, As Allah said, to ponder over its meanings, to reflect over its meanings, so that the meanings can penetrate the heart. And the same with these adhkar. So that the adhkar can penetrate the heart. That the reminders can hit home. So that we, we say it with sincerity, with humility, with khushur, with attentiveness. Turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sincerity and complete humbleness. This is the type of adhkar that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. And secondly, this is the type of adhkar that will benefit us. That will benefit us. Insha'Allah. Uh, Ibn al-Qayyimi mentioned that it's the dhikr of the heart that increases knowledge. It provokes love and shyness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it promotes fear of Allah. It calls one to draw closer to him and it prevents one from falling short in acts of worship and being heedless about sins and bad deeds because it, it, it brings life to the heart. That dhikr brings life to the heart. And so it makes us more aware. It protects us from ghafla, from being heedless and negligent. Wallahu musta'an. But as for dhikr on the tongue only, it does not bring these benefits. And, and the, the, the value is very little in reality. Wallahu musta'an. And this is why many of us, this is why the Quran doesn't affect us the way it's supposed to. This is why salah doesn't affect us the way it's supposed to. This is why our dhikr, our dhikr in general, doesn't benefit us the way it's supposed to because our focus is not there entirely and our, our, our understanding is not up to scratch and our, our attentiveness is not there and therefore the, the benefit is, is very, very little if not any. The best way to go about reciting the adhkar is to do it from memory as this was the way the Prophet ﷺ and his companions did it. Now, this may seem hard in the beginning, but if a person recites anything on a day-to-day -day basis, it will become a part of him and it will become easy for him. At-tikrar as the statement in Arabic goes, that repetition will teach even the donkey. So a person who recites it on a daily basis, he will find that every day it becomes easier for him. And secondly, um, it will become a part of him, يعني, he will start to memorize it easily, and in this way he will recite them, the way Rasulullah and the Sahaba, Allah be pleased with them, recited them, which is from memory, and this is an extra benefit to this, and that is, you will not be in need of a website, or papers, or a booklet, or you can recite it wherever you are, so if you're on your way to work in the morning early, you can recite it from memory, if you're on your way home from work, or from anywhere, wherever you find yourself, it's evening time. You can recite your adhkar from memory. There's an extra benefit to this. So you can do it anytime, wherever you are. No restrictions. Alhamdulillah. So we encourage each person to try their best to memorize the adhkar. And inshallah, in the coming weeks, when we cover the adhkar, we will have a competition and see who has who, who uh, the people have memorized. And there will be rewards and gifts will be given to those who have memorized uh, some of the adhkar, inshallah. Um, another point of benefit is they may, they may be recited in any order because there's no specific sequence that have been mentioned in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So therefore, when we study the adhkar and whatever list that we may be following, 
Um, there's no specific sequence to be followed. One can recite any of them uh, in, at any uh, given time or at in, in any given order. This is not a problem. Um, it's also not sunnah to raise the hands. So when we recite this adhkar, it's not a sunnah to raise the hands because, again, it hasn't been narrated like this um, from the Prophet wasallam. And whenever the issue of raising the hands comes up, then there are specific times that the Prophet wasallam, he made many specific adhkar when he never raised the hands. Whenever this is the case, then the best is for us not to raise the hands as well because this is closer to to following the sunnah of the Prophet Alhamdulillah. Thirdly, or another benefit, sorry, is important to note is that these adhkar are not subject to change. They are not subject to change, meaning they must be recited in the same way the Prophet recited them and the way that he taught them to us. So what this means is exact wording that the Prophet ﷺ gave us, this is the exact wording that we should follow when we um, are reciting these adkar. Um, if we look at the hadith on screen, which is narrated from Bara ibn Azib anhu, he said that the Prophet wasallam said, when you go to bed, perform wudu like the wudu for salah. Then lie down on your right hand side and say. So this specific dhikr over here is a dhikr that is part of the adhkar of sleep. Tayyip, there's another list of adhkar that the Prophet wasallam taught us to recite before we go to sleep. So this is one specific example. And just to look at the translation, he said, you should say, Oh Allah, I submit my face to you and I entrust my affairs to you and I rely totally on you in hope and fear of you. Verily or indeed, there is no refuge nor haven from you except with you. Oh Allah, I believe in your book which you have revealed and in your prophet whom you have sent. So take note of the specific wording that the Prophet ﷺ used. So then he said, if you die during the night, you will have died following the fitrah, the sound nature or the inclination of man, that is to worship Allah alone and so forth. Make these the last words that you speak. This is the encouragement of the Prophet ﷺ. Before you sleep, make sure that these are the last words. Because if you die, you will die upon fitrah, bi'idhnillah. So, Bara, the narrator of the hadith, he now says, that I repeated it back to the Prophet ﷺ, meaning he taught us the dhikr, I now learned it, and now I repeat, I'm repeating it back to him. This is the importance of having a, a teacher and a student. So the student is now repeating the, the lesson, basically, back to the teacher. So he reached the words, and he says, I reached the words, O oh Allah, I believe in your book which you have revealed, and... Your messenger that you have sent. And your Rasul that you have sent. Right? But the Prophet ﷺ, if we go back, what did he say? Oh Allah, I believe in your book which you have revealed and in your Prophet whom you have sent. He used the word Nabi, your Nabi that you have sent. And he did not use the word Rasul. 
But here, this Sahabi, when he recited it back to the Prophet وسلم, he said, by your Rasul that you have sent and not by your Nabi. Did the Prophet وسلم, accept this? Did he say, Khalas, it's the same thing. In fact, a Rasul is actually a higher level than a Nabi. So to say a Rasul is fine, it's, it's good. The Prophet وسلم, said, no. You must not say Rasul. You must say by your Prophet whom you have sent. And the hadith is Bukhari and Muslim. The hadith is very clear in its teachings. And that is that, as Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani says, that the wording of the adhkar is tawqifi, which means they can only be known through divine revelation and sound text of hadith with no room for ijtihad. Meaning, a person cannot change these adhkar as he pleases. A person cannot add to the dhikr or remove from the dhikr or change anything. Rather, he must say it in the exact words that the Prophet said it. The way he said we should say it, that's how we should say it, without adding anything to, um, to the dhikr. Tayyib. And the Ibn Hajar says they have special characteristics and benefits that are not subject to reasoning. Subhanallah. They're not subject to reasoning. Meaning, as we said, you could use a logical argument and say, but Rasul is better than Nabi, so I'm going to say Rasul instead of Nabi. But this is not subject to reasoning. This is wahi. Remember the words of the Prophet ﷺ is wahi. As Allah says in the Quran, وَالنَّجْمِ إِذَا هَوَى مَا ضَلَّ صَاحِبُكُمْ مَا غَوَى وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى Speaking about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that he does not speak from his hawa, his desires, in huwa illa wahyun yuha. It's only wahi that was sent to him. So they must be memorized verbatim as they were narrated. And this is of utmost importance, not just for the morning and evening adhkar, and, and adhkar of sleep, for all adhkar, for all prophetic adhkar. A general dhikr you can do, you can make up your own words, just like a dua, you can make up your own words, no problem. As long as it's permissible words, alhamdulillah. But prophetic adhkar must not be changed. As the hadith proves, and as Ibn Hajar is telling us over here, alhamdulillah. And unfortunately, we find many such examples of prophetic adhkar which have been tampered with and have now been distorted and have been changed. That had Rasulullah heard it, most likely he would have said to us, no, it should be like this because they are no longer being recited verbatim. A, a small example, the dua when we seek Laylatul Qadr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught Aisha radiallahu anha to say, Allahumma innaka afoon tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni. Tayyib, oh Allah, you are afu, you are the one who pardons. You love to pardon, so pardon me. This is the wording that he taught Aisha radiallahu anha. Today we find people saying, Allahumma innaka afoon. And then they add things like Karimun, Rahimun, Ghafurun, Tuhibbul Afwa Fa'fu Anni. So they add a number of different names of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thinking that they are spicing up the dhikr, making it better than what it actually is. But this is where the misunderstanding comes in. And this is where the problem comes in, that we cannot better the dhikr. We cannot change the dhikr in any way. We should say it the exact way the Prophet sallallahu said it. Another example is the dhikr Ya Hayu Ya Qayyum bi rahmatika astaghith aslih li sha'ni kullah wa la takilni ila nafsi tarfata aynin. This is one of the morning adhkar and evening adhkar that we will explain in the following weeks bi idnillahi ta'ala. Often people add to this 
and they say wala aqalla min dhalik this naked basically means ya hayyu ya qayyum you are addressing allah the ever living the self existing by your mercy do we seek help or relief rectify for me all my affairs aslih li sha'ni kulla wala takilni ila nafsi tarfat ayni and do not leave me to myself not even for the blinking of an eye and then people some of them they add wala aqalla min dhalik and not even less than that again if the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said not even for the blinking of an eye we need to understand that that is the shortest possible time there is nothing that's shorter than that therefore to say wala aqalla min dhalik and not even less or shorter than that does not actually make sense and secondly this is not open to reasoning as ibn hajar said rather stick to the words of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam if we are going to change his words and add to his words it's as if we are saying wa na'udhu billah as as if we are saying his wording is not good enough we know a better wording our version is better because we've added on such and such wallahu musta'an and this unfortunately actually enters into the realm and the uh, the, the, the sphere of bid'ah this would be an innovation into the deen because you are now changing the sunnah and therefore it should be avoided because it is a, it will be an act of innovation and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best and there are many such examples allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarakta dhal jalali wal ikram is the sunnah nowadays you hear in the masajid allahumma anta salam wa minka salam fa hayyna rabbana bi salam and and a lot of things are added but not just stuck to the sunnah and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um knows best so This is the end of our our lesson for today alhamdulillah rabbil alamin for lesson number 1 which is um as we we've seen that we've spoken about the importance of these adhkar the status that they have the benefits that they carry and how important it is for each muslim to make sure that he incorporates them into his daily life we've spoken about the timing of these adhkar when they should be recited in the morning and in the evening and then we discussed the evidences for that and then we, at the end we spoke about the method that one should follow um the method that one should follow when uh, reciting these adhkar the method that one should follow when reciting these adhkar and alhamdulillah that brings us to the end of this lesson which is lesson number 1 and in lesson number 2 3 and 4 inshallah ta'ala we will speak about or we will go through a list of these adhkar we will go through a list of these adhkar we will speak about Um, number one, discuss their meanings. Go through a commentary on what exactly the, the wordings of these adhkar, what they mean, what they stand for, so that we have a good understanding, and so that when we recite them, we recite them with ma'ana, with meaning, and with contemplation, and with conviction, and so forth. We will speak about their benefits, and we will also go through the correct methodology, or sorry, the correct pronunciation. Should I should I say, for uh, the person to follow when he recites these adhkar, yani so that he knows exactly. the correct wording and and how to recite them so that he does not perhaps fall into any error inshallah ta'ala um bi'idnillah ta'ala so if there are any questions we will look at a few questions if there are if i can answer anything i will answer if i cannot uh allah knows best plural making the dua into plural uh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. If you are deciding it for a child who is unable to do them by themselves, then Allah knows best. Although I would think it's not it's not the same like changing the dhikr and adding to the dhikr. 
Rather, we are doing it to benefit those who are unable to do it. Um, Allah Azza wa ultimately knows best. Is it better for me to focus on memorizing Quran if I'm not a hafid, or is there benefit in memorizing the adhkar? Um, I would say in terms of memorization, perhaps have a set time for memorizing the Quran, as in you have your daily goals and, and that you which you make sure you complete when it comes to recitation of Quran and memorizing Quran, and do not cut short on that. And then with regards to the adhkar, as we said, the fact that you will be reciting them on a daily basis, they will become like second nature to you. So some of them you may spend a little bit of time in terms of can I, in terms of sitting down and actually memorizing them. But most of them, inshallah, will just become easy as you're reciting them on a daily basis. They'll just become a part of you and you'll memorize them um, in no time. You'll memorize them without setting out a specific time for memorization. Even if it requires a little bit of time, it won't take too much time, inshallah. So I think we can actually do both. I believe we can do both. Make sure you have your time for Quran. And secondly, when you recite the, the adhkar on a daily basis, it will, it will naturally be memorized, inshallah. Then Allah knows best. May Allah bless you and your family, Sister Rabia. Ameen. There are any other questions? Is it haram for people to say, please remember in your du'as and pray for me? Uh, no, it's not haram. It's not haram to request a du'a, although um, requesting du'a should be only from people who you, you, you sincerely believe are righteous and knowledgeable. And secondly, uh, it shouldn't be done too often, I believe. Because the asal, the general rule is that you make dua for yourself. No person's dua is more beneficial than their own dua. So if you have a dua you, that you, 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 that you are in need of or something that you are in need of, then make your own dua because that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately wants. But to if you come across a pious person or a great scholar or so forth and you have a great need, then inshallah there's no harm in asking them to make dua for you um, for that need or for that issue that you are going through but ultimately our dua should come from ourselves um because that is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants allah tests us so that we come back to him so that we turn back to him so the dua should come from ourselves it should be between us and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we speak to him directly hoping for his mercy believing that he will answer because we make dua with yaqeen with conviction that allah will answer and so the asal is that we don't just turn to others and, and ask them unnecessarily as I said, if there's a need and it's something, something that you genuinely believe is righteous and, and, and so forth, then inshallah there's no harm in asking now and then and Allah knows best. Any other questions? We have about a few minutes, I think, before we, we wrap up.
وانتم فجزاكم الله خير Another reminder is that whenever we you come if you if you don't have a specific link that you follow and inshallah I will share a link in the coming weeks um which we we I've compiled a list of these adkar if you are following any link make sure that you are following or using a book make sure that you are using a book that is that only contains prophetic adkar and not a mixture because often you find different words that are going around It's not just adhkar of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but it it includes a whole lot of other things which this sheikh said you must say so many times, and that sheikh said you must say this ayah so many times, and that sheikh said you must say this dikr so many times, and so forth. Um, the reality is stick to the sunnah, stick to what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said you should do, and that will be sufficient for you. And don't uh, turn to those other awrad or words or these compilations that you find, which. Uh, in reality, uh, incorporates other adkar and things that are not even prophetic. And often they they cut the list of the prophetic adkar short, and then they add in their own adkar, which they show you. And this sheikh said you should do avoid all of that and stick to that which is prophetic. There is enough of a list to follow. Alhamdulillah of of that which is purely prophetic and authentic um, from the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. طيب ان شاء الله اي ثينك وي ويل راب اب ذير نو اذر كويشنز كامينج ثرو سو الحمد لله رب العالمين وي ويل راب اب اند وي ويل ميت اجين نيكست ويك باذن الله سيم تايم نيكست ويك تيوزداي ان شاء الله اوكي ذير از ا كويشن اي هاف ا كويشن اباوت الدعاء اف يو دونت نو ذا دعاء الاستخاره باي هارت هاو دو يو دو ذس كان يو جست ريسايت وور ريديت ان بيتوين سجود استخاره دعاء شود نوت بي دان ان سجود Rather, the the sunnah is to firstly pray two rakaat of sunnah, salah. So you pray two rakaat, and the, the best is to recite Surah Al-Fatiha and then Surah uh, Surah Al-Kafirun. قل يا أيها الكافرون the first rakaat, in the second rakaat Surah Al-Fatiha and then Surah Al-Ikhlas. قل والله أحد. After you pray the two rakaat, you then continue facing the qibla. You raise your hands and then you recite the dua of istikhara. So it's a specific dua that we should learn. Um, if you don't know it by heart, you can simply Google it. You'll find there's so many out there. Or you can use the book Fortress of a Muslim. Fortress of a Muslim is a very good, trustworthy book. In it, you will find the uh, the, the, the dua of istikhara in there. Um, Duas.com is a very good website that covers a lot of different dua. And most of them are authentic from what I've seen. It's a very good website. Duas.com, D-U-A-S.com. On the site, you will find plenty of uh, prophetic adhkar and du'as. I would suggest you learn the dhikr. If you don't know it off by heart and you need to pray istikhara, you read it from a phone or read it from a, from the book and so forth. But it should not be done in sujood. It should not be done in sujood because that's not the way the Prophet ﷺ did it. So ideally, what we should do is we should, um, you know, weigh up the pros and cons of whatever you are deciding to do. Then have a decision in mind. Then pray istikhara. Don't just pray istikhara when you have doubt. Pray istikhara after you've made it. You, you've, you've, you're more or less inclined towards a decision. 
Now you pray istikhara regarding that decision. You know, uh, should I enter into this business deal? From your judgment, you see it's a good deal. Now you pray istikhara. And in the dua, you will be praising Allah and saying to Allah, Ya Allah, you know, if this is something good for me, then facilitate it for me. If it's something bad for me, then turn me away from it and so forth. Uh, you know, the dua, we should read the meaning of the dua because it's, again, it's very important to know what we are saying. And then you will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will either facilitate it for you with ease by opening up for you, making it easy for you, or he will make it difficult for you and hard for you. So this is the main sign that your of istikhara meaning it depends on the way Allah facilitates it or he makes things difficult. So all of a sudden the business deal doesn't want to go through and there's a lot of issues coming up. This can be a sign that it's not the, not, not the way forward or it becomes good and easy. Or perhaps somebody comes to you and shows you that it's actually haram deals and that turns you away. Alhamdulillah, Allah saved you and so forth. Uh, you should not pay attention to dreams. Dreams is not an answer for istikhara. That's not legislated because dreams can come from your inclination and from your subconscious and also from the shaitan. Um, and then some scholars say that you should pay attention to your the way Allah makes you feel towards that decision. Although other scholars disagree with this and Allah knows best. The adhkar that we say or read on the ruku and sujood, I have heard different ways people do. Um, well, there are different adhkar that the Prophet taught us to say in the, the ruku and the sujood. The, the general one that we must say is in the ruku, we have to say subhana rabbi al-azim at least once. And in sujood, we have to say subhana rabbi al-a'la at least once. Then there are different things that we can say that the Prophet taught us to say in the ruku and the sujood. Subuh Qudus, Rabbul Malaikati wa Ruh, Subhanadil Jabaruti wa Malakuti wa Kibriya wa Abama, and different, different. Uh, there are so many options out there. Uh, so, what you should do is again try to learn these adhkar, and every sujood and ruku you can mix them up. Make sure you say Subhanahu Rabbil Azim at least once, or at least up to three times the Sunnah, um, and Subhanahu Rabbil Ala in the, the sujood, and then you can use any of the others. That he taught us also to say in the ruku' and also to say in the in the sujood for additional benefit. And you can mix them up. So in this way, we're acting upon more of the sunnah, um, inshallah. Um, it messed up my prayers because I constantly keep on thinking if I'm saying correctly. The best here is, of course, to, to make sure. get can get the book, Portraits of a Muslim, another very good book. On the salah, it would be the book of Sheikh Albani, rahimahullah, the, the description of the Prophet's prayer. In this, he goes to all of the adhkar that one should say in the sujood, in the ruku', the different uh, things that the Prophet وسلم, taught us to say. The most important is we say that which is fard, which is subhana rabbil azim at least once, and subhana rabbil a'la at least once in the, in the sujood. Naam, it is definitely one of the best and uh, ex most excellent forms of worship. Alhamdulillah. Our, our adhkar on a daily basis is without a doubt one of the best ways to stay connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the day. Alhamdulillah. Tayyip, I think our time has come to an end and uh, the brothers need to get ready for the next session, I think. So inshallah ta'ala, we will uh, continue next week with the adhkar of the morning and evening. We will go through the commentary of the adhkar Insha'Allah ta'ala. Um, Jazakumullah khairan wa barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.